The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. There hasn't been any great advances in prison rape or space travel. The father of the barn and the holy toast. Hello and welcome to Fofop. I'm Will Anderson and uh, returning uh, as guest Charlie Clawson, Justin Hamilton. Welcome back. I feel like I'm letting down the guest Charlie Clawson side of What things. What do you mean? Because, uh, you know, we do the show The Shelf yes. and it's every Monday night uh, during the comedy festival. Yes. And we have a photographer who comes along and, and takes some great pictures. Yes. And so I was looking at the latest pictures today and then I noticed something and I went back to the first ones. And you know what? Like, I'm not going to talk myself up, but I was looking pretty good in the first one. Right. But because it's week to week, it's like a, you know, one of those cameras that's on time lapse. Yeah. And I am just degrading <laughs> week to week. You're like, you're like the nightly weather report with the storm coming in, <laughs> oh except my. the storm is cake and, and late night fast food, potato cakes. <laughs> the clouds are fat and, it's, uh, and the clouds also have a receding hairline that seems to get uh, more pronounced with the more weight I Not, put on. Oh, right. So you think like when you put on weight, your hairline looks further back? Yeah, it does. <laughs> and I am, and so of course I saw Clawson recently and he looks so good yeah. and he's so fit and he just he does. emanates. Well, he's acting Hell. on a beach yeah. with young people. Oh. There's even a gym in that show Yeah. Now. That's how healthy Home and Away is now. Wow. There's actually one of the... It's not just the surf club and the diner anymore. Yeah. A lot of it's set in the gym. Yeah. Oh, man. God. If I didn't, he's going to be fit. If I didn't love him, I'd hate him. Right. It's... Uh, <laughs> so, anyway, but I have a feeling, and yeah. I'm, I'm holding you accountable for this, because... What do you mean? Well, you know, and you know this is a fact... You have been sending out some pretty strong vibes that you've wanted me to turn into George Costanza <laughs> for well over a decade now. That's and, true. And I think when it, you say vibes, I've just been saying that out loud. Yeah, yes. and saying that out loud has turned into a vibe that right. I think has taken root inside of me, and it's happening. You've released your inner Costanza. I, I'm not trying to. Right, but it's happening. Costanza's just breaking out of you. I'm like the. You're like the Hulk, but yeah. you're the incredible Costanza. <laughs> yeah, it's furious. I get furious and I oh. just get whiny. Jerry is. Stanzering up. You know, you don't want to make him annoyed. You're not going to like him when he's annoyed. Oh, uh, yeah. My, my shirt doesn't uh, rip. It just stretches. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> oh, I love that idea. Well, I'm the same. Like, I mean, listen to my voice. I'm a bit croaky. Yep. And um, I've not been healthy this festival. I remember I, it, it hit me about three weeks into this festival yep. where I was like, Oh my God, you're like nearly 40 yeah. and you're drinking like a minimum of six drinks a night, like yeah. every single night and minimum. Yeah. Of, that's like my baseline. Yeah. Every single night. I'm eating crappy food. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not resting. I'm working every single day. Yeah. I'm an idiot. I can't do this. No. I've got to be one of those people who goes home after shows and yeah. eats healthily and yeah. looks at the fit. 
I always describe it as like um, seeing me at the start of the festival as opposed to seeing me at the end of the festival. Mm-hmm. is like tuning into a random episode of Friends on repeat and looking at Matthew Perry. <laughs> Perry, yes. And you're never like, oh, my God, he's so thin at the moment. He looks great. Oh, my God, he's allergic to something. Yeah. He's anaphylactic. <laughs> yeah. He's swelling up. Somebody get him some. Oh, it's devastating, isn't yeah. it? Well, wait till you get to that extra year and it makes a difference. It does? Nah. Every, oh, like, it makes a difference as in everything's worse. But, you know, it's like a... You know, the first two weeks I was pretty good, actually. Yeah. I was cooking at home. I was looking after myself. But then, you know, you can only say no to having a drink where you're performing so many times before you become that guy. Right. And you don't want to be that guy. So you right. think, you know what, I'll have a drink. I'll partake in that whatever that thing is that makes me want to eat a lot of chocolate. Yeah. And then suddenly, you, you know, eat a lot of chocolate. Last and then night, the next day you wake up feeling rubbish and you're like, oh, the only thing that can make this better is fat and yeah. carbs. Yeah. I I have for the last three nights, and this is disgusting, I have eaten a box of cheese biscuits and washed it down with some Bounty Bar. <laughs> 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 then gone and laid on my bed and wondered why I'm single and going to die alone, and then woken up in the morning and gone, no, no, I know why. <laughs> no, you know what? Like, the Bounty Bar, you know what the big trendy thing at the moment in health is? No. Coconut water. Oh, and a Bounty yeah. Bar... Is essentially just coconut water. It's solid water. Yes. So, I would say it's probably really good for you. Mm. You're probably looking younger than you would be if you weren't having those bounty bars. Oh, that's that's a horrific thought. You probably should. (laughs) You probably should rub some of that bounty bar on your face for a couple of hours before you lick it off. Well, sometimes when I look in the mirror when I go to brush my teeth, I think I have. I stood up the other day and I had like a shroud of turin made out of out of crumbs from biscuits. You've essentially, you've got the Joker's makeup, but it's just smeared chocolate bars just smeared and chips. chocolate. <laughs> Why so serious? <laughs> hey, um, have you, uh, uh, oh, I know you have seen it, but yep. uh, did you enjoy the latest Man of Steel trailer? I did. Mm. Uh, I feel like I might enjoy it more than I'll enjoy the movie. What? Well, I just, What does that mean? Well, I still don't trust Zack Snyder, so... I have, um, uh, I still have fears about the movie, mm. but I enjoyed the trailer a great deal. You know that Christopher Nolan is a control freak. I do. And he is producing it. I hope that he's directed it and just not told anybody. <laughs> like, but, but Zack Snyder has a good, uh, has good flair. Oh, he's got great flair. Yeah. I think visually, he yeah. does a really good job. I just yeah. think his stories aren't, you know, well put together. But he hasn't put together the story. No. So it's Goya... Because you know the story behind it, don't you? Uh, well, explain. Uh, so, uh, Just by the way, and I know this is probably a really silly thing to ask, but you know how Superman has a beard when he's on the boat? Yeah. Like his wilderness years? Yeah. How does he shave his beard? Well, in the comics, yep. it used to be he would get a mirror and he would put his heat ray vision onto it and he right. would just burn it off. And he would burn it off his own face. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Do you think they'll do that in the movie? I hope so. I would love to see that scene. <laughs> so would I. Or he brings out a special Gillette razor. Yeah. Kryptonian. With, like a, with a kryptonite blade. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's a good idea. They, they can... That uh, would be a good idea. And it really hurt him to shave. Yeah, and he hates it. <laughs> That's that's how much he he does for people is that he hates shaving, but he knows it's better that he's clean cut yep. to inspire greatness. Yeah. Um, so the idea for Man of Steel came from when Goya and Nolan were working on the Dark Knight Rises, and yep. they they hit a point where things weren't flowing. So they said, let's put it aside and let's just play around with some other ideas. And then Goya said, well, this is how I do Superman, right. and this is how powerful Nolan is. He just got uh, Goya stopped speaking. He called the head of Warner Brothers and said, you need to listen to Goya. 
and that's how this movie came about. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I'm 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 super confident. All right. Uh, not you meaning. always are, though. I am. Yes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I am. Yeah. I am. Uh, you know, I'm I'm an optimistic moviegoer. Yeah. Yeah. But I also uh, think this looks great. You know, the, the the most important thing that they had to get right. Is it's just nailing the cast? Do you know right. what I mean? I think I think the baggage that and Amy Adams a- is in it, so I would like to nail that part of the cast without a doubt. If you know what I'm saying? I do. Right, Amy Adams, if you're listening. Yes, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Could you listen? I reckon she's great. She's got moxie. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like Kate Bosworth in that last film was yeah. like a you know a vanilla wafer and a manila folder pressed up against a beige wall. Oh, she's terrible though. Oh, yuck. Much worse than that, actually, to be honest. Yeah, I like vanilla yeah. wafers. <laughs> And I use manila folders. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, the, <laughs> Instead of being the thriller in manila, she is the vanilla in manila. <laughs> She's the vanilla in manila. Oh, the fight that we all stop watching halfway through. But the uh, but Amy Adams, like mm. Lois Lane has to be the most interesting woman in the world right. to get the perfect man. Exactly. And Amy Adams is cool, you know, and she's got like even in that little scene you see of them together. You know, she's got that Margot Kidder moxie. Yeah, no, I like it. Mm. Because you know what? The, the temptation's always to go with like a Brad and Angelina relationship. Mm-hmm. But it's not a Brad and Angelina. Not at all. They're not the same. Like, they're not meant to be Superman and Superwoman. No. It's Superman and Lois Lane. Yep. I like it. Yeah, I no, like it. I think it. that's a good choice too. Uh, and also the two actors that they brought to brought in to play the father figures, mm. they bring the perfect baggage with them. So, of course, Russell Crowe is Jor-El, yeah. the father of Jesus. Of yeah. course, Russell Crowe can do that. And his voice, he's got an amazing voice, yeah. and he, he will be incredible. But he is a vengeful god. He is a vengeful yeah. god, right? And yeah. Russell Crowe, he's, he's all of that. You, right. We've heard his band. But then you have Kevin Costner playing Pa Kent, yeah. and he's perfect with the baggage he brings. Right, because he grew up in a field of dreams. He did. Right. He's going to teach him how to play baseball. Imagine that. Oh, yeah. Well, he will. He Actually, will. there will be that scene, probably. Without a doubt. Because that's a famous Superman yeah. scene, isn't it? Yeah. And then there's that moment where the, the young Clark Kent says, oh, you know, he's just discovered that he's alien in the trailer. And he says, you know, can I still pretend to be your son? And Kevin Costner's voice just breaks perfectly when he says, you are my son. And the way he says it, he goes, fuck, man. I don't know who you are in the real world, but... Kevin Costner on the screen is fucking perfect. I love him. <laughs> it's a good... I mean, it's good when he plays those sort of characters. Without a doubt. Right. You know, Field of Dreams, you yeah. know, he's so great. And it's that. good when someone else casts him as Kevin Costner, as yeah. opposed to him casting himself as... As a postman. A, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Or as, um, as, a, as, a, as a guy who likes pies and lives in Sherwood Forest. Right. <laughs> I didn't mind that. I, even that. That's how charismatic <laughs> yeah, it's he still, is. It's still even fun. in that terrible, terrible, terrible yeah. film, I still thought he was pretty fun in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Old middleweight Robin Hood. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, Also, oh, so that kind of... Li- anyway, I think the movie looks great, and I right. reckon it's going to be spectacular, and there's a few movies I'm looking forward to, but that is the top of the list. And, I, and you know what? It's going to be Nolan. It's Goya. It's going to have great flair. It's got father issues. And it's got a guy who rises up above it all and fucking lays the smack down on dudes who deserve it. I don't know what more I want in a film. I'm looking forward to Iron Man 3. I think I'm yeah. looking forward to Iron Man 3 more than I'm looking forward to Superman. Well, you're not a Superman fan. No, I'm not really. Yeah. No. I mean, don't tell Superman, though. Like, I mean... He already knows. No, he doesn't need to know. He's got great hearing. He doesn't... Yeah, but he's not hearing everything at the same time. You don't know. 
I don't know, but that's <laughs> doesn't he have to concentrate on listening into something? He might be a fan of this podcast. Right. <laughs> Imagine that if that's what he was using his super hearing for yeah. to illegally download podcasts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't wait for Will to finally release it in in one ear. I'm going to I'm going to listen with both ears. Wait a minute. Why is he like Iron Man more than me? Uh, I, I um <laughs> no. I just think that next Iron Man film. I thought Iron Man two was rubbish. By the way. Oh, it's horrific. Uh, but it's all the things that were good about the first one pumped up so they were bad mm. if that makes sense so you know all the absolutely all that great ad-libbing in the first one was just lost in the second one the 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 quiet swagger it had in the first one it was just all swagger and it really it felt like there was too much of the real robert downey jr in it and then when he got back into the avengers and he was part of the ensemble it was like oh this is the robert downey jr i like and this movie looks like it's more that yeah, and I think because um, Shane Black's involved, and uh, yeah, he's he's just writes great stuff. Yeah, you know, so great trailer because yeah. you know the hero, you know the hero is not nothing bad is going to happen to the hero, right? right? But in the trailer, you see the uh, the plane explode and all those people flying out, and there's that great moment of how many people are there? Fourteen. How many can I carry? Four. And you just get the you know you get the Samuel Beckett oh boy, yeah. and uh, and you go, man, you've just raised the stakes. Right. That's good. Yeah. Because I don't know how he's going to do this, and I want to see how he's going to do it yeah it's good it's a good trailer it's exciting you know i saw the first 20 minutes of the new star trek as oh well. yeah and was it the first 20 minutes or is it a random 20 minutes uh it was it was it was about it was tw- 20 odd minutes it, uh maybe the last couple of minutes were a little bit further in the movie so but the first 18 and uh man that's good too like it's it's got a got a spicy beginning it's even got a there's even a moment that's reminiscent of raiders of the lost ark when people see it they'll go oh i know the bit that you're talking about then it's they introduce the characters quickly like you really get a sense of who each person is and i I really like chris pine as kirk i reckon he's got that that good swagger and you get a taste of benedict cumberbatch and how good is he oh who i mean who in our listening audience wouldn't want a taste of benedict cumberbatch (laughs) yeah i usually have it on the side right because it can overpower benedict cumberbatch on the side (laughs) you don't mind is this uh, benedict cumberbatch fresh or is it a powdered cumberbatch because either way i'd like some yeah but if it's fresh on the side yeah i'm definitely on the side yeah but that looks good too. So that's that's Iron Man in April, Star Trek in May, Superman in June. That's that's three yeah. good months. Three good reasons to live for three more months. Yeah. So something better come out in July. <laughs> hey, um, how about this? This is what I found out today. Mm. I'm going to Alaska. Um, uh, have you done something wrong? Are you yeah, being I'm not being exiled? sent to Alaska. Right. I'm on purpose going to Alaska. That's cool. I don't even really know much about Alaska. Is that where Northern Exposure was? Yeah, and yeah. well, I know about that. And Sarah so I, I assume I'll be treated as some sort of, uh, you know, city slicker who yep. doesn't know the country ways. Yeah, um, yeah, Sarah Palin. You can see Russia from there. I know there, that, right? There's, there's three things. Apparently, you can't see Russia from where I'm going to be going, Fairbanks or somewhere like that. It's called Alaska. I'd be, I'd be pretty disappointed about that. Then I can't see Russia. Yeah, if you're going to go to Alaska, you want to see Russia. Oh, yeah, I'll just walk around and every. Where can I see Russia from? Yeah. What do I have to? Which building do I have to get on top of? <laughs> Excuse me, guys. Come on. Where's Russia? <laughs> Point me in the direction of Russia. Maybe I can see it when I fly in on the plane. Uh, maybe. Right. Yeah. Okay. I could spot Russia from there. Still give it a crack then. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know much about Alaska at all. No. Um, but if there's anyone listening who is in Alaska, please come and see my shows. Yeah. What's What's the deal? 
Um, so I'm, I'm going down. They've, they've got a little circuity thing they do there. So I've been offered four nights, just kind of doing the, you know, headlining the four sort of one night as they have in Alaska. So, That's cool. That's good. Yeah, I mean, I just take all those things. Like you know, if people offer me, like I was lucky enough earlier this year, you know, to do, you know, Minneapolis and Denver yep. and a bunch like that. I'm basically, you know, if if someone's like, hey, we want you to come there, and it's a place I've never been before. Yeah, I just kind of think, why not? Yeah. Why else would I go to Alaska? Exactly. I mean, other than to see Russia. Yeah. Or <laughs> live out your northern exposure fantasies. Right. Imagine that if I just moved into a, uh, a tiny little town in Alaska and started hosting uh, morning breakfast radio. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. That... There is. I can kind of picture that happening at some point. And what then, do you mean? I could picture you doing something like that at some point, and then one day, like at like at some insignificant time, like three thirty-seven p.m. on a on a Thursday, just you suddenly going, "What the fuck am I doing? How did this happen? My God, this just seemed like a concept, and uh, I've been here for three and a half years." You know what? Now that you mention it. Just being like the morning DJ in some obscure Alaskan country town. Yeah. There is some sort of appeal to that. Without a doubt. You, you've you spoken to the, the those DJs in Australia. You right. know, they, they, they're, they're, so, they're so friendly, but they're so confident. And they'll right. say to you before you go on air, don't worry, mate. This will be fun. This will be painless. Just relax and you'll have a good time. And you sit there and you go, well, I've done heaps of radio. Yeah. But all right. And then they... They, they really turn it on as well. It's not just, hi, oh, hi, welcome to the show. They talk to you like this, and then it's like, okay, we're back. It's Alice Springs FM. That last song was the latest song by Jimi Hendrix. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've got Funny Man. He's a good guy. Like, there's always you're a good guy as well. I got Anderson. The, I got the opposite recently. Really? <clears throat> yeah, I went into a radio station. I won't name it, but... Um, I went into a radio station uh, during the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Yeah. And um, this will actually go up. There will still be a few days left of Goodwill at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. So if you want to come out and see it or if you want to see Justin at the Comics Lounge, uh, there's still a few more days of that to go. Mm. So they're my only Melbourne um, Goodwill shows for uh, for 2013. So uh, there'll be about four left or three left when this goes up. So, um, yep. yeah, get in if you want to see it. Um, but I went, I was, I've had to do a lot of publicity mm. because obviously... I'm in a... You're in a bigger place. Yeah. I I said to someone the other day, it's like having every home game of football at the MCG, no matter how well it's selling, there are probably tickets available. Yeah. Right? (laughs) I mean, it's amazing. Like, you know, to walk out there for 21 nights in in an almost 1,500-seat theatre has been an amazing experience. But it also meant that I had to do every bit of publicity that came my way. Yeah. There was no point where you were like, okay, we're selling well enough, I can have a sleep in. Yeah. I've been on the most ridiculous things. I was on a... AFL Supercoach show the other day. Right. Where, like, they give tips about, you know, playing Supercoach in the AFL. Yeah. But, you know, maybe those people buy comedy tickets, so... You don't know. I did that. So I also meant I did a few radio shows that I don't traditionally do. Like, you know, ones that aren't, you know, mates of ours who work in radio or whatever. So I... Like you had a good experience on uh, one that you... I I guess you wouldn't do normally, but you had a good experience on Triple M with Malloy. So uh, a great mate mate of ours, Mick Malloy, who's one of the funniest comedians in Australia, uh, does it with a guy called Luke Darcy, uh, who was an uh, ex-player for my club, the Bulldogs. Yep. And we're friendly as well. And then Mr. Media in Australia, a guy called Eddie Maguire. Yeah. Who, you know, used to host every TV show and at one stage was in charge of the Nine Network and is president of the Collingwood Football Club, the biggest football club in the country. And... 
you know, over the years has been the punchline of a few jokes that I've done. Well, yeah, because he's but he's big, you know, like That's he's, what he's, he's high status. Right. Like this guy, for anyone who doesn't know who Andy Maguire is, this is how high status he is. When he turns up to do breakfast radio <laughs> in the morning and he turns up about <coughs> 5, 5.30 a.m., he literally walks in wearing a suit. Now, I don't know if uh, you've ever done uh, breakfast radio before, but it's, it's really tracky dacks and oh, you're happy loose-fitting wear, T-shirts. You're happy to, wear, to get there wearing pants. Yes. Like a, if you actually have pants on when you arrive. Yeah. He wears an Armani suit. An Armani an suit. An Armani suit to work every morning. So he is as high a status as you can get in this country. So, you know, but also a good sport. Well, he was great to me. Yeah. And i got to say, it was really fun to do the show, and I really enjoyed it. And I thought he was a great sport about it all. But that's not the show we're talking about. No. <laughs> but if we talk about enough of the shows that I'm not talking about, eventually yeah. people will be able to work it out. So let's not do that. Okay. I was about to say. I went and did another show. Yes. Um, and on air, they were delightful to me, and I have no complaints at all. Professional. But all I'm going to say is, this is how it went down when I walked into the studio. This is the first thing that was said to me by the host. You should be very grateful that we've had you on. Comedians don't normally bring it on radio. Not hello, welcome no. to the show. Yeah. He, that was literally the first thing the man said to me. What does that even mean? I don't know. It, I, that, that sounds... I honestly it was just like, uh, if, if you would like me to show you, you my dick and see how big it is, we can do that right now. Good. Should we just get our dicks out? It could be secret sound. Is that... <laughs> What's, what's, yeah. what's this? Is the secret sound my dick and your dick laying on the table so we can compare those dicks? Because that seems like... I thought I was coming in for an interview. I did not realise I was coming in for a dick measuring competition. I should have warned you. I'm happy to take part if yeah. you... I mean, if that's what we're playing, if yeah. this is an improv game and you're like, show us your dick, I will show you my dick. I've got a lot of tickets to sell. Right. I wouldn't ordinarily show you my dick, but I have a very big venue... <laughs> And if I need to get my dick out to get a plug away, yeah. then let's do this. I'll feel good about the size of my dick if it fills a row. <laughs> right. I mean, obviously my dick can't be too big because no. people won't want to sit down the front. No, not at all. You know, but that's why it's three stories. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> three different layers. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a heck of a radio segment. Wouldn't it? Yeah. It was I'd, amazing. I'd probably listen to that show. That's a very... You pa- know that I... Well, it's passive-aggressive. Well, it's, it's even... But it's passive-aggressive, <coughs> but it feels like he left out a lot of the passive. Because <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's also like... It sounds like someone who... I feel like I know who it is, but... Right. Well, you do know who it is. I do know who it is. Right. I was going with the theatre of it No, all. I appreciate that. I know exactly who it yeah. is. All right, well, this is what this says to me. He is funny within the context of a certain demographic that listens to his radio show. Yeah, so that, and very that successful. Very successful, and that is legitimate. And I, and I don't have any problem with him. No. I just felt, felt it was a very... But he has a problem. I was glad. I literally was glad that they were having me on. Yeah. I have a lot of tickets to sell. Yeah, you have I was willing to get my dick out. I know. But I just found it was really weird that that was the way that he started it. But he obviously has an issue with... Because you're funny in a different way, which is in many different mediums. So you're coming into his thin sliver of the comedic medium. Right. And so he was probably feeling a little bit threatened by that. So he needed to put you in your place to say, don't think that you'll be funnier than me here. And then I'm guessing you were. Oh, yeah. No, I was. Yeah. <laughs> On purpose. Yeah. Like, I tried really hard. Yeah. Actually, to be honest, motivated entirely by what he'd said. Yeah. I was like, well, fuck you, here it comes. Yeah, well... I'm going to do 25 minutes of last year's show within the four minutes we've got. Yeah. 
<laughs> what a great bit. <laughs> Turns out, <laughs> revenge is a disbesser comedically. Uh, yeah, but you know, the other thing is, no. he probably went to a meeting afterwards and went, well, I got the best out of him with that challenge. Maybe. Maybe he, that was his way of... Maybe he was actually being very kind, but he knew that it'd yeah. fire me up and I'd do a good job. Oh, no, he maybe, didn't. Maybe that's what he's like. <laughs> yes. He's like one of those unconventional coaches, you know, that yeah. plays mind games with you to get me into my zone. Did he wink at you on the way out as you were walking out? Did he go, hey, Will, and then you turn around and gave you a wink? Because like, that would suggest that yeah. he did. And then I took my dick out again. Yeah. He was like, why do you keep taking your dick out? I've got a lot of tickets to sell. <laughs> <laughs> didn't you listen to this podcast in the future? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, well, you'll appreciate this, and uh, people listening, if um, you, I, I write uh, blogs about every show, uh, that, uh, every stand-up gig I perform, yeah. and... Uh, One if- of those things that is, if you are interested in comedy, what an amazing thing that you're doing. If you knew how much hard work it was going to be when you started doing it... Oh, I may have blinked yeah. do you know what I mean right. it's uh, because it's a what, lot of work well what you don't realise is that you can be present in a gig and you can get off stage and think about the gig but when you get home the gig is gone right and so what you're doing is you're holding on to everything that's happened and then you're writing about it and every blog is anywhere between I think the smallest one's been 700 words yeah you know so uh, but it it's it's been a lot of work, and this is this will be the worst part of the year for maintaining it because of course, so many gigs in a row. Yeah. yeah, and in Australia, like I would hate to be a New Yorker, London comedian doing it because then you would probably have a nervous breakdown because you right. can do a lot more gigs. Yeah. But um, anyway, so uh, I had a gig um, recently where I put on you know when you've washed jeans and yeah. they're they're feeling a bit tight, you know they're clean. I do know that. Yeah. Mine are tied at the best of times. Yeah. Well, I don't know why I said it that way, but I do know they are. Yeah. So anyway, I walked on. I walked down to the gig, and uh, there was 500 people at the gig, so it was sold out. Like they put out extra Great. seats up the back, so that Perfect. feels good. Yeah. And then uh, I was introduced, and when I walked on stage to my left, there were two tables that were empty: a three-seater and a two-seater. Yeah. And it's like there's still 500 other people there, but your first thought is. Where the fuck did you guys Where go? Where are those guys? Why'd you sit around for the whole show and then not wait for the headliner? Like, I don't, it's not even about me. It's about you've hung around for the whole show. Right. Why didn't you hang to see the headliner? Right. So that that just plays on your mind a bit. and also, They probably just needed to go home early. The show was running late or something. Possibly. Or like the couple in my front row last, last night because their friends were there. Yep. And the other two didn't make it for the whole show. And I'd spoken to them at the start, found out all the information about the couple because I thought when they come in, I'll be, be able great. to do all this fun thing. That'll be a great payoff. And then they just never turned up. Wow. And I was like, by the end, I was worried. Yeah. I, was like, <laughs> I hope they're I okay. Hope they're okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they bought tickets right down the front. Uh, yeah. They must be big fans. Right. They didn't have to wait for you to do any pranks on <laughs> commercial radio. So anyway, so I've walked out. Anyway, you, you've got that going through your head, and it also just kind of creates a bit of a barrier between the next row of people because, right. you know, it's uh, cabaret seating, so yep. there's a bit of a space there. So anyway, this is all going through my head, and as I take the microphone and start speaking, somewhere in the dark I hear some women laugh, and I don't know what it was... Uh, it was well. A, it was I hadn't really said anything funny as right. yet, and that's always a big warning. Yeah. But there was something about the laugh that made me just think, "Am I? 
is my cock sticking out of these jeans? Like, is my, are my jeans so tight that I'm doing a pressed ham through denim with my balls and cock? And uh, I thought, God, that's, that's really full on. So I was performing for the rest of the 500, wondering where those two tables had gone. And I was trying to move around like... John Cleese and Faulty Towers. Oh, to try to get the cock down the pants. Yeah, just trying to shake just the junk loose. You know? Shake it down. Yeah, in, yeah. In, if that's what it was. Right. I didn't know. So I'm just Of course. I mean, you, you, you've just like heard a girl laugh in a way that there's just a tiny little bit of derision or something in there. Yeah. Or mocking. Yeah. I'm making fun of you, man. Yeah. It and wasn't... you've decided it's because... You're too tight in your jeans. Yeah, and it could have been anything. Could, could have been have, anything. Could have been the weight I've put on. Could C- be the receding hairline. They could may have be. thought I looked like George Costanza. Like, it could have been so many things. <laughs> they might just love Seinfeld. They might They're just... like, oh my God, it's Costanza. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait for him to say Jerry. Right. But anyway, I guess I am a little bit full of myself and I just figured it was about my cock. So anyway, right. so for 20 minutes, I'm moving around and shaking and jiggling and performing. And the gig's going well. Right. But after Except 20... that everybody thinks you're Mick Jagger all of a sudden. Yeah, they go, what's going on with Grandpa up there? But then after 20 minutes, I thought, you know what, I don't give a fuck. If it's my cock, it's my cock. Right. What ifs? Yeah, just let it go. Let Who it cares? go. Anyway, I did the rest of the gig, got off stage, uh, told uh, the comedians I was performing with, and they laughed because that's so... It's so kind of egotistical. I mean, it's weird. It's weird. It's weird to think that's what it is. It is weird. I mean, it's actually bizarre. It is bizarre. Now that I think about it, Mm. I don't think that I would ever think, oh, it's because people are staring at my genitals. Not at all. And I don't know why. I I just figured it was the jeans. That's where where it came from. The jeans were a bit tight, and I just thought... I've never never thought this about my cock, by the way. I've never... I actually don't even really think about my cock. No. You know. I mean, other than when it's necessary, but why would you think about it otherwise? I don't even really think of it then. (laughs) Well, I mean, but you've got to... Oh, to do we? Yeah. Yeah, like, I I better aim this. Right. Yeah. But you're not even thinking about it. No. No? No, I'm thinking about the target. Right. And what's coming out of it. But Yeah, and looking and thinking, is that right? right. Oh, I had vitamin tablets. You know, so... <laughs> beetroot chips. <at> midnight. <laughs> beetroot that, chips. That's what it'll kill you. Oh, my God. You, you, if, if, you've you've ever, if you've stayed in a nice hotel where they have beetroot chips, like the Emporium in oh, Brisbane... yeah. Um, the amount of times I've come home after a gig, yeah. necked a packet of beetroot chips at, chips at one o'clock in the morning, yes. forgotten about it, yeah. woken up the next day with a stonking hangover, which was the reason I was eating beetroot chips at one o'clock in the morning, yeah. and then looked down as I'm going to the bathroom and thought I was about to die. Oh my God, it's, it's, it's horrific. I think it? that I have to, in the future, I have to actually, when I've finished eating the beetroot chips, I need to go and place them on top of the toilet. Yeah. He... So that in the morning, when I... I'm like, ah, that's right, beetroot chips. We can, we can remake <laughs> the movie Memento, but right. it's just all the chips that you've eaten and that you have to keep reminding yourself. <laughs> Who is this? Oh, that's right, beetroot yeah. chips. So anyway, so I got, uh, I went home that night, got up the next day, was writing the next blog about the gig, and I yeah. thought, I thought I'll write about that, you know, the, because there's something it's interesting. Funny. It's nice. It's it, good. It's a good insight into your mind. Yeah, and you know, the shit that can go on on your performance, performance mind, head. You know, it might not even be right. In the middle of a gig, exactly. you can be entertaining 500 people and be thinking, I think my junk's showing. Well, I mean, before we get to this, yeah. th- I'm, I'll give you an example of this. Uh, so the Melbourne Comedy Festival's All Star Show mm-hmm. was on the other night. And I did that show, and our friend Tom Gleeson uh, hosted the show. Yeah. Uh, really, really funny. Um, yeah. On the night, I had a technical malfunction. Um, I went out Your on the stage. Out? My boob popped out. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Timberlake was there. <laughs> this has Everyone me. was like, ah, oh, he staged this. He's put this <gasps> He's on. He's put this on. 
Yeah, I, I didn't have a wardrobe malfunction. Right. I had a technical malfunction. Basically, okay. what happened is, um, I like to perform with the microphone in the stand. Yeah. And the reason is it anchors my energy, but it also I like to use both hands. And yeah. and all the even when I'm using both hands, it might not be I'm like signaling with both hands, but. Yeah. I like to cross my arms, you yep. know, sometimes and lean into a joke or I like to put my... Quite often I find I put my hands in my jacket pocket and talk and stuff like that. Yep. It, I just like to perform like that. Yeah. So on the night, the, the microphone stand, because it's not my gig, it's, you know, they've got a bunch of comedians going on and off. Yeah. They just set the height of the microphone stand just like... Just a couple of inches lower than I, I ideally wanted it to be. Yeah. So I did that thing where I went to, it, during my first joke, I went to pull the microphone stand up. Yeah. But instead what happened was it separated. Oh. So the microphone stand is still down the bottom, the bottom half. And then in the other half, I look like I'm like Rod Stewart or something. Yeah, like, Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury. Yeah. I have just like half a stick and the in my hand. Yeah. Now in that moment, I realized I've got four minutes at the gala. I don't have time to spend trying to get it back in that hole. Yes. Like, you know. <laughs> so I made a decision on the spot, which was that I ripped the microphone out of the, the thing and then I just flung the rest of the microphone stand off stage. Yeah. And I did the rest of my set. But the whole time while I was doing my set, I was thinking about, oh, I can't do that joke anymore because I need both hands for that one and I can't do that and I'm rewriting on the spot. Right. And so I wasn't wrapped with my set. I, don't, I didn't... Anyway, I tried to get them to not play it, but they they played it anyway. Because well, the, you, you know, you don't get a choice, and you're also too big a name, right? You and know. it wasn't even that it was like a bad set. Like on the, no. on the night, it went okay, but I knew it just wasn't the execution of those jokes that mm-hmm. I wanted. And part of that was just because I was thinking of those things in my head. Yep. I was going, ah, oh, shit, my microphone stand broke. Maybe I shouldn't have thrown it like that. Yep. How can I do this next joke? Blah blah blah. And the minute you're doing that. You're not in the joke. You're not in the joke. It's interesting what you say about the the act of flinging the microphone stand, even though, and I, I wasn't there, so I don't know, but were you kind of wondering, the flinging of it would have been in jest, but were you worried that people thought you were angry? Or were you angry? And I was angry. Oh, okay. So I was angry. Yeah. So the flinging of it was almost my getting rid of that anger. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, because I kind of felt like that was the only way I could deal with it was like in a really... And Pete Holmes said to me afterwards, he goes, oh, I didn't realise that wasn't part of the act. I just thought you were like fucking rock and roll and shit. (laughs) So, but even that is not the energy or image that I want those jokes to go out with. So even if it came across as a rock and roll move, that still would have completely thrown the rhythm and like you know the tone that i was trying yeah. to have in that situation yeah you're not russell brand right like you got jokes like people would be like why the fuck did he do that yeah either way it's why the fuck did he do that yeah you know yeah anyway so so how did it look oh i didn't i could never watch it no oh dear god no have you had feedback uh you know what i didn't get a lot of here's what i would say normally when those sort of things are on tv you get a lot of positive feedback yeah i didn't get much feedback at all Right. In general. So I'm going to say, you know. It was okay. It was okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, That's interesting. That's uh, The the only reason I mention that is because sometimes what's going on in your head is is not what's going out to the people on stage. Yeah. And invariably, like how many times have you walked off stage and thought, oh my God, that gig really struggled. And then that's the one where the most people have hung around to tell you how much they loved it. Oh, the amount of times (laughs) that you... Like, I mean, social media is such an anecdotal thing and you wouldn't want to get a complete read off it. No. But the amount of times you walk out of a set and go, oh, that one was a bit tougher, this, yeah, then blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then you'll just get 
that'll be the day that everyone writes to you to tell you how amazing it was, you know? <laughs> yeah, or or I've done gigs where I thought, man, I've nailed the shit right. out of this. And I'm just going to go home and read hundreds of messages praising me. I'll just stand at the bar and right. see who wants to t- chat to me. No one. No one? <laughs> Not one person. Oh, the loneliness. Yeah. So, so I got up the next day and I'm writing in the blog and I thought it was, I thought it was a funny story. I thought it was in a, an interesting insight on how a comedian's head could work. And I also th- liked that it was self-effacing because I was saying, Great. you know. You're making fun of yourself. I'm making fun of myself. Yeah, very Costanza of you. So, Jerry, so I put it up on Twitter and then I put it up on my official Facebook page and went to link it to my personal one. Yeah. And when I get to my personal one, there is a message from a girl who had asked to be friends about half an hour beforehand. Right. I said yes, because I'm like America at the turn of the century. I accept everyone. Right. And then uh, this woman has put a link for uh, an article about the male camel toe. And I've written to her and right. I said, oh, did you just read my blog? Because if you did, that was quick. And she said... No, I was at the comics lounge and I missed half your set because my girlfriend and I were laughing at your junk. So oh it turns out I'm a fucking ninja because I can oh walk out, see, a, see two tables, wonder where they are, entertain 500 people and hear a laugh in the darkness and know it is exactly about my cock and balls. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it is a little bit weird that you can so easily identify laughter at your cock and balls. Worst X-Men power ever. Right. <laughs> I'm devastated. Wolverine's going to be making fun of me all the time. <laughs> that's that's quite stunning. Like, and did you read the article about the male camel toe? Or yeah. did you? What did they have to say? Because I've heard it's called fly's eyes. That's what I hear. That's what I call yep, it as well. Flies eyes. I, I, I don't think there is a male camel toe. Right. Do you know what I mean? I think it's that's a bad term thing. for it. No. It's fly's eyes. Yeah. You know, it's if the... you camel had a toe like that, you'd fucking go to a vet. <laughs> you would totally right. go to a vet. You go... You'd stop smoking. Yeah. And... <laughs> <laughs> you right. get that sorted out. And Joe Camel. <laughs> that's going to be on the back of a cigarette bagger. <laughs> yeah, that's manky foot. Yeah, this is what happens if you smoke Joe Camel. You'll end up with the fucking male camel toe. Uh, speaking of your gigs at the um, Comics Lounge yeah. that you've been doing, uh, you had uh, someone special at your gig last night. I did, and it was really funny. You walked in. And I was at the bar, the Anthony Salome, who's doing support, was on. Yep. I was at the bar with uh, the host, Monty Franklin. Yep. And when this guy walked in, you know when you think, I reckon I, reckon I know who this dude is. Yeah. But what threw me was he was in a suit. And I would have expected him to be wearing like a blue singlet and ripped jeans. And it turned out it was Sam Worthington. Wow. The star of the, uh, the highest earning movie of all time right and and he was in a suit he was in a suit i think he'd just been on the project right and so i was gonna say normally he gets about very much in what because he was a he was a builder mate he was just helping his mates move and he was living on a couch that's all he did mate that's all he did mate and so i don't have much time on this big ball of mud (laughs) anyway you said this is gonna make you laugh right (laughs) so uh you know monty franklin it turns out loves him is it's he's a number one fan right. and I could Monty told me afterwards, but I could tell by the way Monty did a double take yeah. that something special was happening for him. Right. <laughs> he, he went the full Monty. He went the full Monty over Sam. Yeah. And he was holding his shit together. And he and Monty was like, Oh mate, how you going? And was like shaking his hand. And you know what? Uh, and then Monty introduced me and he he was really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. And uh 
Or I could imagine him not being. But I could de- yeah. I can imagine him also being very nice. Yeah. And that he, Aussie charm. He was there with two other guys. And uh, I think the other guy may have been an He was actor. probably just helping him move. Uh, they were probably just moving a couch. And uh, they went, well, we have to move it to the comics lounge. He's like, well, I'll help you. I'll help you. I'll help you move your couch. I'm a down-to-earth Aussie guy. He's, uh, we don't have much time on this big ball of money. He's a good mate, mate. Yeah, and, good uh, mate. <laughs> and so he went in to watch the show. Yeah. And then Monty was a little bit, oh, right. about it, which I, you know what, I'm That's not fine. making fun of him because I've been that guy and, mm. uh, and I enjoy watching someone get that kind of enjoyment. Right. But anyway, it was really cute. Monty normally doesn't do much material before he brings me on, but he asked if he could do five. Right. I was like, yeah, go to for impress, it. To impress Sam. To impress Sam Worthington. Anyway. I can just imagine Monty backstage, like, you know, Wayne's World style. You know, I'm not Worthington. I'm not Worthington. It's <laughs> gold. Um, oh, he was so excited. And I was like, yeah, go for it. But you know what was funny was uh, the first thing that went through my head was, remember I used to have a routine where I would do an act out yeah. of Sam Worthington talking to Russell Crowe, talking to Paul Hogan, talking to another Aussie icon and Alf and... Uh, talking to ex-Prime Minister Kevin Rudd. Yeah. And I suddenly had a real urge to do that routine. Oh, my God. Well, you, I, well, you were texting me saying Sam Worthington's here, and I said, yeah. you've got to do that bit. But you know, I what, said, it's a great story either way. Yeah. You've got to do it. I, I wanted to do it. Yeah. Two things held me back. Yeah. One is I haven't performed that routine in a long time, and I didn't You'd want to nail it. You, want, you don't want to... No. And also, I'd, I'd shaken hands with it. Right. And it fell off. Exactly. Don't if, mock someone, yeah. you know, that you've just shaken hands with. Yeah, I'm, I'm a good mate. Exactly. So the thing... Mate. 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 So... <laughs> but if, if, if Monty had told me that he was there... Yeah. And I hadn't met him... Yeah. Well, then... Like, it was like I made a Larry Emder joke once... Right. And found out later that he was in the audience. That's that, fine. Yeah, and it was, it was, you know, it was about how good his teeth are. Yeah. But you I love that. Yeah, and I love Larry Emder. Yeah. So, you know, it's not even a... Anyway, so... But the other thing was, um, I... So, remember, <laughs> in your text message, I think you said, we're only on this small... We don't have much time on this big ball of mud. <laughs> That's my favourite thing, because he always <laughs> goes on talk shows and talks about how we don't have much time on this big ball of mud. Anyway. And, but he's right. We don't have much time on this big ball of mud. We don't. The thing is that it's actually a very profound thing to say. Yeah. It's just the way that he says it. All the time. All the time. Mate. So I this... said, why are you feeling so much of that time talking about how little time we have on this big ball of mud? <laughs> you should be helping your mate move. Exactly. <laughs> you are. <laughs> so I haven't, to- I haven't told you this, right? So right. so I, I work out while I'm performing. Gig's going well. I you think. work out while you're performing? Yeah, so it's because I'm trying to look like Charlie Clawson. Right. So <laughs> I've got a Imagine gym on stage. <laughs> I'm just desperately trying to fill his his, his seat until he's You're ready there to come on back. an ab roller. <laughs> yeah. Just working out. I got a door. I got a gym. Yeah. Just help out. Uh, so anyway, so I, there was a point where I was talking about dating right. and being on a bad date. And uh, I thought this is like, the, and, and the basis of the joke is um, I was on a date and I saw a guy at the cinema walking up the steps and I saw him trip and fart at the same time. And it was the greatest thing I've ever seen and the girl I was with didn't find it funny and I knew that we were done. Yeah. And so I was saying, you know, like you have to be with people who have the same sense of humour and I thought, oh, here's where I can say that line. But I was so busy laughing in my head thinking about when I'd get to tell you I didn't say it properly and I said I said well we're only on this mud of a planet for a short amount of time 
I was kind of, I was kind of devastated that I just had fucked it. No one knew. No, no one even flinched. No, because and neither would no he. One, no, because it's too far away from what he says. He doesn't say anything like to... that. <laughs> oh, mate. It's like Yoda's doing his material. Like... <laughs> I did feel like a bit of a Muppet, but the only good thing about it was I thought, oh, I'll tell you about this tomorrow. Yeah, good. Which is today. Yeah. It's like Doctor Who. <laughs> oh, so speaking of Doctor Who, oh. have, uh, so I caught up on the first two episodes of the mm. new series, or episode seven and episode eight, I guess, out of mm. the recent series of Justin. That doesn't sound like what, what are you? What are you thinking? Oh, you know how positive I am. Oh, oh God, <laughs> yes, I do. You're overwhelmingly positive. You're Sometimes, into things. when I'm into things, yeah, you're normally just into them, yeah. no matter what. I've really struggled. Okay, why? Tell me why. Because I just don't think the episodes have been very good. And uh, the, I, I quite enjoyed the first one. Yep. And I, and I thought there were some things to the first episode that I went, I can see what you're doing here. Yeah. You're thinking, it's the start of the year. At the end of the year, it's the 50th anniversary. We're going to have new people tuning in to get ready for that. So we have to reboot a little bit. Yep. So we have to reintroduce and, things. Yeah, I think so. And that was fine. Yep. That second episode... It was dreadful, I thought, and I, I was bored, and it didn't make sense, and there were just, I just thought it was a bit, I just thought it was a bit meh, and then the third episode, which you probably haven't, I haven't seen, watched that one yet. the third episode, if it was a run of thirteen, I would have said, ah, that's all right, they're not all great, but it's the third episode yeah. after following the second episode, which is, I think it's bordering on the worst episode. It's like it's one. Of, it's in the it's in the handful of bad episodes since they brought it back. Oh wow! For Interesting. What, what what do you think the issue is? Just that they're bad episodes. Well, the uh, the second one it felt like a retread of many things. It felt like a retread of Rose. Felt like a retread of uh, the Beast Below with Amelia when she's on there on the space whale. If anyone's never watched it, they'll be thinking, <laughs> "What the fuck are they talking about?" But it, they've already done it better. Yep. There was a moment where the Doctor just disappeared for a while and then just kind of came back for no real reason other than we wanted to see Clara by herself. Yeah, I thought that was a bit weird. The little girl had superpowers for one scene that were never used again. Yeah. We never really found out if the girl fucked up what was going on or the Beast just woke. You also had those three dudes who were creepy and they didn't do anything. And you also had that demon-looking thing that looked really cool that did nothing. And then it ended with this scene where the Doctor's yelling at a big ball of fuck all. And we've seen the Doctor yell at stuff. Yeah. And we've seen it done better. It really well. I think... I don't want to see him yelling at giant balls of nothing at the moment. No. And it kind it's, of... It did seem like a very weird... And it didn't fit as well because we've had this whole thing of he's under the radar now. Right. Nobody knows who he is. So I don't like the idea of him yelling out who he is because yeah. that kind of conflicts. And then also, are you honestly going to tell me that a Time Lord's memories, which could shut down this fucking massive ball of fuck all, isn't enough, but a girl with a leaf is going to make the difference? Now, I know they want us to be invested in her, yeah. but surely there's a better way. Than and, a leaf? And then finally... there yeah, was. you a... sure there's a better way than a leaf to get oh, people invested in I don't know. Story? Maybe I'm just getting cynical. But right. the... It also had a, a, a Prometheus lack of logic. And, you yeah. know, I enjoy that movie in spite of everything I know about it. Yes. The <laughs> when he says, you know, like to, at the end, she sort of says, "Oh, have you been? Uh, have you gone back in the past and seen me as a young kid?" And he says, "Yes." She's like, "Ah, oh, okay." And that's not that's 
in, in a world of the fantastic, right. the, the normal things that would happen have to make sense to accept the big balls of fuck all. And the, the natural reaction to that is, yuck. Yeah, that's creepy. That is fucking creepy. Like, we know that he's a cool guy. We do. But she, essentially, he could just be some pervert in a police box. Without a doubt. Coming back and looking at her as a kid. Yes. In the same way as I don't want to watch the Harry Potter movies. I've spoken about this on the podcast before. Oh, yeah. But I'm not going to watch them. No. Because I want to find Emma Watson hot. She is hot. Yeah, as an adult. Yes. And that's only the time that I've seen her. That's the only time you should see her. Yeah, but I don't want to see the Harry Potter movies because then I'm like the doctor going back in time to visit yeah, her yeah. as a child. Yeah, Creepy. exactly. Exactly. Creepy. Yeah, and so I just thought it was a... A massive misstep. And you know what? If you're only going to do a handful of episodes and rather than a full season, it's like it being in an interstate relationship. You can't catch up for the first time in two weeks and have an all right time. Yeah, no. It has to be spectacular. You're right. And that's in these episodes. The first one I enjoyed. I, I don't think it was Moffat's best episode by far, but there was enough in it that I enjoyed and, and accepted yeah, the I reboot agree. side of things. The throwaway line of him with the anti-grav... Uh, bike that he rode in the 2047 Olympics and he came last. It was the that was such a beautiful uh, uh, bit of detail that oh yeah I did this yep. and I came last made me laugh. But that second episode was just devastating in how average it was. It's interesting. And then the third episode is a step up, but it's still a step up to average. Mm. I'm very interested in that. Uh, but I've just got distracted by another topic, <laughs> which is this. Um, how do you feel about when you've been in a relationship, uh. seeing pictures of your girlfriend as a child? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, because eventually you will yeah, end up seeing pictures of your girlfriend as a child, right? Right. You know, like, you know, because you'll show you something of like, here's yeah. a party I was at. Am, or I, like, am I still in the relationship? Yes. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. How do you feel about those pictures? Do you think they're cute? I always think that's a weird thing because I, like, you know, I, I've got pictures of Amy when she was... Like, you know, yeah. a kid and stuff. Yeah. And they're cute pictures because she's a kid, you know? And, yeah. like, I know her as an adult and you're like, well, that's a cute picture of you as a kid, right? Yeah. But there's something also, like, that you almost don't want to, rem- like, think of them as having been a kid. You know, I can kind of cope do with... you know what I mean? Yes, I do. I reckon... The younger the pictures are, there's enough of a disconnect that you right. can go, oh, that's really cute. You don't want to look at them and go, wow, you're pretty hot for a 15-year-old. Yeah. That's right. right. Yeah, you right. know, it's just a yeah, bit... Yeah, okay, right. Yeah. So... It's interesting. My, the, the last girl that I saw and we used to live together, we used to have on the fridge a picture of her with her mum and I think she was... Oh, anyway, she's holding something. Anyway, just really cute. But she's about five in it. Right. You know? But I don't want to see... One of 16 going to a blue light disco. No. With a blue eyeshadow and some guy with a mullet and an earring in his left ear looking like someone who's really into family ties. <laughs> skippy, he's a skippy. I love that you've thought it through that much. Yeah, I have. So, yeah, so I would rather, you know, it's heaps easier to objectify them if I don't know their past. <laughs> Didn't that end on a terrible note? What? No. I'll be honest. For anyone listening, the reason I said that was because Will was taking a drink of Coke at the time and I knew it would be perfect timing. It's true. uh, I'm hoping that they might break up my cold. Yeah. The Black Doctor, as Dr. Carl calls it. Oh, Coke. Yeah. 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 
If, I think if Dr. Carl thinks it's okay, then it's okay. You know, he uh, when I was on uh, in Afghanistan with him, and I and th- that's a topic that we're going to talk about on the podcast, but not this podcast because we're almost at the end already. Oh yeah, sure. I'll, um, but, so, but, but no, but tell but tell this. We're talking about Dr. Carl, we'll, but we'll talk more about, about you going another time. Yeah. Uh, so um, so I was over in Af- Afghanistan performing for the troops, and we were with Dr. Carl. Who uh, did you ever have a package issue? While you're performing with the troops. You don't have a package issue anywhere in a war zone. Right. Because that could lead to something bad happening. (laughs) But uh, imagine that. Anyway, uh, Dr. Carl... You're in Afghanistan, so you're backstage. Sam Worthington's there with the couch. Yeah. Oh, some mates were just coming over to put in a couch, and I just... We don't have much time on this big ball of mine. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I've got to go out there. Someone laughs. laughs. What the fuck's that about? (laughs) Sam, I think it's your package, mate. Um, so, Doctor, and there was a band called Bento, which is uh, the right. new band for Ben Gillies, who's from Silverchair. Yeah. Anyway, the pianist. Uh, I got their box set. The yes, Bento box set. It's tasty, oh, isn't it? Delicious. <laughs> and um, it's, uh, so, Doctor Carl was saying to the pianist that um, diet Coke is worse for you than Coke, yes. and it's it's the acid in it, and you should. If you've had a mouthful of it, you should not brush your teeth for about half an hour. You should rinse out your mouth. You should really clean it out because it just does so much damage. Oh, is that right? And that killed this guy, Lockie, because he's been drinking four Diet Cokes a day for about 18 years. Yeah. (laughs) So it literally killed him. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't have long. No. (laughs) But you know what? He looked fantastic while he was young. He was, yeah. It preserved him. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, all right, Justin Hammond, and we're going to um, finish this one up because we're mm. going to try to record another one. So yeah. uh, thank you very much for being part of uh, the podcast. Uh, I'm going to do some plugs. Um, so like I said, uh, there's only three or four days left in the Comedy Festival. Mm. Finishes on Sunday. You're at the Comics Lounge until when? I'm at the Comics Lounge till Saturday, and on the Sunday I'm hosting the End of Festival Moosehead Gala. Now, what's the Moosehead Gala for people who don't know? So uh, the Moosehead Gala raises money for the Moosehead Awards, and the Moosehead Awards are given out to shows before the festival begins for comedy shows that are a little bit left of centre mm. and what they do what we do is we pick out the shows that we think will be interesting and have a lot going for them and, and there's shows that perhaps wouldn't get up or would cost the performers a lot of money yeah. to put on yeah. and probably wouldn't make the money back you know that's kind yeah. of the idea of them yeah it? like the, uh, one of the shows is a uh, Wes Snelling and Kate McLennan. It's a show called Standard Double, and they play many characters, but the show is set literally in a hotel room, and, right. it, and it only seats 24 people, and they walk in and out playing all the... And it's wonderful. It's a wonderful show. But you can only get 24 seats in there, right. so you need Moosehead funding to make that viable. Plus, everybody is rating the minibar. Oh, it costs so much. The tiny soaps. So much. People, people go, I saw a good... Uh, I, saw a good I came home with a bathrobe. Yeah, it's costing them a fortune. Yeah. So, uh, so I'll be hosting that on the Sunday. So that's on Sunday night. Do you mm. think there'd still be tickets available to that? There would definitely be tickets available for that, and it's a cracking lineup. So, so it's the, where is it on in the Melbourne Town Hall? Melbourne Town Hall, and it's the last night of the festival. And the idea is, it's kind of like the like an alternate gala or something. Yeah. Like it's like a it's the people who kind of had a good festival or yeah. made an impact during the festival, or that the Moosehead people think. How, how's the gala? Kind of, how do they put that lineup together? Well, it's uh, it's because in the old days. Before the, the there was two galas and stuff at the start yeah. of the festival, the Mooseheads used to be the hottest ticket yeah. in town. Like I always thought it was more 
I think I was more thrilled the first year they asked me to do the Mooseheads yeah. than I was the first year they asked me to do the gala. Because yeah. it felt like, while the gala was about like maybe where you got to in your career or whether you could be on television or something, the Mooseheads always felt like, you know, you've had a good festival. You yeah, know? yeah, definitely. And and we have some plans for it that will be, you know, it won't just be comedian walk on stage, walk off, comedian walk on stage, walk off. It'll be, we have some things that will be a little bit different. So there'll be some stuff taking place throughout the room and it'll be, uh, it'll be more of a complete show rather than made up of separate bits and pieces. Okay, well, that's really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that that might be kind of properly back in town because it really used to be the classic send-off to the entire festival. Yeah. Go and see a little bit of, you know, everybody you've seen during the festival or maybe that you've just heard are doing great shows and yeah. you get to see at least, at least a little taste of it. Yeah. Uh, my show, Goodwill, is on until um, Sunday. So 5.15 on Sunday. Yeah. Um, I'll be doing set list a couple of times this week as well. So, um, you know, check your sort of set list guides for that if you want to see me do that. Um, you can always hit us up on the Facebook page. I'm still using the TOEFOP Facebook page most of the time for yeah. any information about the podcast. Um, I'm currently a guest on Margaret Cho's podcast, oh, uh, yeah. Monsters of Talk. Yep. So the edition that's out this week, um, if people wanted to download that and have a listen to that, um, I recorded that at her house. Uh, before we got very Margaret Choned, and then I had to go. And, then I had to go and do a gig. Yes, and it was my last gig in LA, and it was a Christian Shale, uh her right. room. Yeah, and it's Hot Tub. It's called. Her and Kurt do this amazing show called Hot Tub, and it's it's cool. And you know, like the week before, Aziz Ansari had been on, and Mark Marin had been. It's a good lineup, you know. Yeah, and I've walked in straight from Margaret's house to do this gig, and one of the dudes has looked at me like he's like, "You okay?" And I was like. I've just been at Margaret Cho's house and everyone just nodded like, ah, yeah, okay, we understand. You'll be right. (laughs) You'll be fine. Yeah. How'd the gig go? Great. Yeah. I hear. Lessons learned? None. None. No lessons at all. My hips felt fantastic. It was all medicinal. Um, So I'm on her podcast. uh, uh, And, um, oh, next week. Uh, I'm doing some surprise gigs around the Sydney Comedy Festival. I'm not oh, right. not doing my own show, but because I'm going to be in Sydney for a few days and the Comedy Festival is on, you might see my head popping up here and there around oh. uh, Sydney just doing some guesties and some fun stuff. That'll be good. Then I'm off to Alaska. So when I know the details of that, I will put the details on my... Uh, uh, on my website and then at the end of May I'm at the Soho Theatre in London for two weeks those uh, shows are already on sale so uh, if you're listening in the UK and you want to see me at Soho that would be rad as well um, you know book so they, they think I'm popular that yeah. would be great I'd really appreciate <laughs> that I'll tell people more about other stuff later on Justin Hamilton thanks so much for being part of the podcast today thank you thank you